The only opinion about you that matters is your own. And it is so easy to get lost in other people's narratives and other people's stories. And so what we get to do is to get to know ourselves, to know what we value and what matters. Welcome to Sacred Work, a podcast here to guide you through the inner work that allows you to share your light and do sacred work in the world. I am your host, Taylor Ray, manifestation coach and spiritual business mentor. And here we talk all things manifestation, abundance, impact, stepping into your purpose and creating the reality your soul came here for. It is my true desire to empower you to awaken to who you really are so you can quantum shift your life and business. You're here in Divine Timing Beauty. Let's dive in. Hi, beauty, and welcome back to Sacred Work. I am so happy to be here with you today. And in this episode, it's not just you and I here. That's right. We are doing an interview. It has been a long time since we've done an interview here on the podcast, and I'm so excited to be bringing them back, to be bringing incredible guests to you that are doing sacred work in the world that's going to help you to show up, to step up, to expand, to elevate, to grow, and to evolve. And so today we are bringing the beautiful Victoria Albina on to the show. Victoria is a certified life coach, a UCSF trained family nurse practitioner and a breathwork meditation guide. Victoria has a passion for helping women realize that they are their own best healers so they can break free from codependency, perfectionism and people pleasing and reclaim their joy. She is also the host of the feminist wellness podcast, holds a master's degree in public health and a BA in Latin American studies. And she's been working and health and wellness for over 20 years. I absolutely love this conversation with Victoria and she brings so much light to this episode when we speak about healing inner child wounds with love and acceptance, letting go of external validation and tapping into innate self-worth, using thought work to release codependency, perfectionism and people pleasing, as well as breath work and orienting practices to anchor in the present moment. There's so much inside of this episode that I'm excited to share with you. So as you are listening, if there are particular parts that resonate, please do screenshot and tag us on social media at this is Tay Ray and at Victoria Albina Wellness. Welcome back to Sacred Work and welcome to gorgeous Victoria Albina. We are so excited to have you here on the show. I am so thrilled and delighted to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. I think it's going to be a good conversation today. And I love that you said thrilled and delighted. I find that so, so exciting. I am a, I'm a Leo, so I'm always, I'm both thrilled and delighted 24-7 pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) always a good vibe. I'm a reflector in human design, and our like living in alignment is surprise and delight. So even you just saying the word delight, I was like, oh, we're gonna have a good time here. (laughs) I love that synchronicity. So good. Let's dive in and talk star signs first. Yeah, this is not what I was gonna start with, but because you brought it up, you're a Leo. Do you know what your moon and your rising is? Do I ever? Good, 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 good. (laughs) My uh, Taurus is my moon in the eighth house. Uh, My Leo sun is in the fourth house. Mm -hmm. Um, My ascendant ruler is Venus in Leo in the eighth house. And my rising is a Sagittarius. Oh, what a nice yeah. music you've got going do you on in there. Wanna come party with me? Cause I, do. I will pop, we can pop, like have such a good time and I will remind you to drink water. My perfect type of person. 
Right. Also, you probably need a snack. I got that Taurus, all that fourth house caretaking energy. You're the best kind of friend. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Which one do you do you resonate strong with a particular one? You know, I always felt really my sun sign like so Leo oriented. And you know what's been really beautiful as I've aged and matured and grown into myself and done my own work on my own thinking and you know, taking my own medicine, right? Thought work and breath work and somatic practices. I feel that that like the Leo part of me that was very attention demanding Mm. has has sort of not muted, but has been muted, right? Like it's Mm. uh, quieter and it's really shifted. I think it's it's met that Taurus energy, right? That grounded energy that... home Mm. and has allowed me to come home to myself and to realize when I'm like attention seeking for external validation and when I'm just like being hilarious (laughs) right yes I actually love that so much I feel like that is as you said it's such a monumental part of doing the inner work is really understanding what I feel is like the spectrum of our personalities and it's like what we were just saying before like even like human design like living in alignment versus living as your not self or you know everything like your Enneagram type like all those sorts of things it's so interesting to like understand like okay this is like the beautiful side of it and these are the things that maybe are more rooted in ego or it's me not sort of showing up as my best self but then understanding how those can actually work for you as well it's almost like the polar opposite and then just getting that to work for you as well yeah yeah and for me just making sure again and this is you know the crux of all the work I do Mm. how you're showing up publicly is that for you right? Mm. Are you putting on a show, my fire science? Cause like, it's really fun and you're enjoying it. And like, that is feeding you and nourishing you and part of your own growth and your experience. Or is it that graspy, like, please like me, please think I'm funny. Please think I'm pretty. Please like me, like me, like me. Like. Mm, and when I, that, true. and the latter feels, it's like bitter in my belly. It's like, Oh, that is not it's not comfortable anymore, right? Mm. There is a the discomfort there that lets me know this isn't in alignment and I can just whew, pause, breathe, like employ some of my nervous system resourcing techniques and, yeah. and really come back into myself mm. so that I, I can maybe keep telling those jokes, but tell those same jokes from a place of me Ness showing up as me, as the protagonist for me, And if no one else laughs, I'm still laughing because I'm telling the joke for me, right? It's so different. It feels so so different. Yes. Oh my gosh. You've nailed it. What cool. We can wrap up the whole interview. Okay, great. It's been a delight. (laughs) Hope you have a great day. It's been so fun. World's shortest podcast. Bye. (laughs) I just feel like there's all the value. That's all you need to take out. And we're done. (laughs) Okay. It's really been a delight though. No, but honestly, I feel like that is so true. That's a lot for me over the last year. I've really been diving into a lot of that myself. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and to talk about that inner work, the validation side of things. That's something massively for me that, you know, I really have looked at, you know, over the last year of like, 
why do I have these goals? What mm. is, why is this actually yeah. important to me? Yeah. And then realizing that so much of it was actually rooted in a need to be validated and, sure. you know, not necessarily having my own self-worth. So I love that you've gone there and I'd love, you know, if there's an experience that you've actually gone through yourself that was maybe very monumental or really helped you to recognize that within you so that you could then shift into that state of alignment and into that, you know, as you said, that you are, you know, you are enough, you know, that enoughness within yourself. Yeah. For me, you know, it, it, my work is always grounded in a blend of all the witchy woo and all the science. Cause that's yeah. who I am. That's what turns me on, right. Is understanding the neuroscience, but then also basing it in our connection with the earth, with Pachamama, mm-hmm. with right. Like really bringing that woo in. And so, uh, which is always for me, a complimentary word. Yes. And so for me, it really was an incremental process of learning how to really truly deeply be my own watcher. Mm-hmm. Right. So to bring it back to the science, which I think is always such a beautiful grounding place. I mean, it, at least it is for me to really base our work is to understand how fucking genius it is to do the things that have fucked up our lives. Stay with me, right? So we're talking about adaptive and maladaptive behaviors. So, you know, for me, um, the attention seeking, the external validation, right? Those things were really useful tropes and tools and skills from my childhood that helped me to get through. So beating myself up for them now doesn't serve me, right? So when Mm. I can step out of judgment and into that wild, full-hearted, radical, radical meaning from the roots, radical acceptance, I can begin to shift the needle. To bring the science in, let's say it's a couple thousand years ago, you, me, and everyone we've ever met lives in a small village on a great grassy plain somewhere. Someone spots a lion. Do you want to be the little kid that's left behind or the one that your parents or some other elder grabs to run because they've only got one arm, right? So you don't want to be the annoying kid, the obnoxious kid, the unliked kid. You want to be the kid who's people-pleasing, who's uh, entertaining, right? Or who's Mm. shy and quiet and doesn't cause trouble. So maybe they'll grab you because you're not a problem, Mm. right? So there's some wisdom in whatever these choices are that we've made. And the rebel, right, is, is perhaps assured that they can outrun the lion themselves or has perhaps at a place of recognition or understanding and the veracity of that understanding, I think is irrelevant when we're talking about kid brains because, you know, they don't really have a functioning limbic system, they're kid brains, but perhaps they've understood that their grownups aren't available for them or they won't be seen and heard. So why waste energy on that? Act however feels uh, supportive for you and then do your best to outrun the line on your own anyway. (sighs) Wow. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what you said where it's about, you know, that radical acceptance. I feel like that just really hits because a lot of the time, you know, especially if we're embarking in those beginning stages of doing that inner work and, you know, especially, you know, if you are stepping in, I know for me, like within my business journey, entrepreneurship, the biggest personal development journey of my life. (laughs) Like you think you're signing up to start a business, you're actually signing up to really look at all elements of who you are. And it's beautiful. 
Like it's honestly so expensive and so amazing. But I know, especially, you know, when you are getting started in it, a lot can come up, like a lot of wounds, a lot of inner child stuff. And then it can be easy if you don't, you know, necessarily hear conversations like this to almost demonize that. And then to make that almost like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. That's such a bad thing. That's something that I can't believe. Like I live my life this whole way. And almost you like hate on yourself because you're like, I have to work through this if I'm going to get there. But what you said was more about that acceptance and loving on yourself and, you know, really recognizing that, you know, it's, I live by this. Everyone who listens knows this, like everything's happening for you, not to you. Like it's all a part of who you are, like your divine, beautiful self. And I wanted to go back to, you know, just the words that you said there around the adaptive and the maladaptive behaviors. So with that, can you like expand a little bit more on what each of those means and and how they sort of complement each other? Yeah. And I think we can, we can even problematize the use of maladaptive. What I mean by it, you sort of using it as a shorthand is to recognize that whatever your coping skills are now as adult, you were genius as a child. So maybe uh, you have anxious attachment, right? That's that's your style of attachment in romantic relationships that you learned as a young person. You learned that that was safest um, to not ever fully step into trust in terms of romantic relationships based on your family pattern. And so that makes sense. Like, of course, you're going to keep doing that mm. until you learn another pathway, mm. right? Until you learn that another opportunity, another way, there is the opportunity to live, to think, to be in a different way. Mm. And so, of course, you'll stay in that pattern that's keeping you from fully accepting love, fully uh, opening your heart into it, fully uh, relaxing into the experience of a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Of course you're doing that. That's genius. It has what it is what has kept you alive so far. Why would you do something other than that if you don't know another path? Mm. So we can see that it doesn't serve you now, but it sure sure as shit served you then. Mm. So like looking at it like that, then, you know, maybe for someone who's getting into this work right now, it's kind of like, well, why would I change? Like if it served me up yeah. until this point. Why change? Yeah. Unless it's causing you pain, unless it's keeping you from growth, unless it's keeping you. So my clients are looking to shift codependent, perfectionist, and people-pleasing thought habits. They are looking to put themselves first for the first time. We then situate that work of, of learning to have our own back within the context of learning to be part of the collective, to work towards community healing from that place of of the empowered self yeah so Mm -hmm. it's not this uh you know very white colonial settler framework of individual healing rugged individualism no no that's that's not feminist wellness that's not what we're doing over Mm -hmm. here right the the goal is to come in our wholeness back into relationship into being someone's kid someone's parent someone's sibling someone's co-worker someone's comrade mm-hmm. right someone's activist ally yeah yes and so in that work my clients are drawn to this work because they are often really unhappy in their relationships either internally with self or in the world right? They're anxious, they're depressed, they have digestive concerns. Um, They recognize that there is more dysregulation than regulation within their nervous system, which is, Mm -hmm. there's nothing shameful about that. Again, right? 
your nervous system is just reflecting the only world it's known. And so, right. So it makes sense. You, you, you know, someone drops a bobby pin and you jump, Mm. right? Like if that makes sense in your lived experience, then maybe that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think anyone needs to change unless they want to live a different way, unless they want to change the patterns that have gotten to them to where they are. And if they want to get their life to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. It's like, if you yeah. feel called to change, like you'll know. And that's when yeah. we start looking at it. I love it. I love it. So you mentioned codependency, perfectionism, and people pleasing. Something that you do is you have your clients to reclaim their joy, which I love yeah. that little statement. I think that's so beautiful. I'd love for you to define that. What do each of those things mm. mean? And what does it mean to actually reclaim joy? Ooh, I love this. Thank you. So I think about codependent thinking as the chronic pattern of putting other people ahead of ourselves. And that is often based in sourcing our wellness, our value, our worth, our sense of who we are as human mammals in other people's responses to us. Yeah. So it's really this chronic lifelong pattern of, I like to think of it as living with like a spotlight on your head and you're scanning the whole world to say, do you think I'm okay? Do you think I did a good job? Do you think I'm a good girl? Do you think I'm worth love? Do you think I'm valid? Right. And, and looking externally versus looking inside and saying, yeah, I believe in my innate goodness. I believe in my innate worth. From there, I can be a good ally, a good friend, a good lover, a good partner, a good colleague, a good comrade, right? I can own it when I fuck up without getting defensive. Mm -hmm. I can have my own back and set the healthy boundaries that create healthy relationships, right? I can really show up for my community when I show up for myself. So that's that shift from codependent thinking to interdependent thinking. And I talk about it as a thought pattern. Yeah. So in lieu of codependency, which may, which for me feels like a a label that doesn't serve us Mm. because it, to me, posits that that's what you are. Mm. Right. Like I am codependent. Right. Like, yeah, really? You really want to like, just label yourself with that? (laughs) I think, right. That also to me would point to this codependent way of being as though it were an inherent fact. Mm. And I don't think it's a a fact at all. It's, it's a historical set of survival patterns that were once genius. Yeah. Yeah. And don't serve you now because your marriage is falling apart. You're constantly annoyed at work, right? You're taking things personally when you go grocery shopping and someone cuts you off, right? Mm. On and on and on. It, right. So the question is, again, why might you want to change this when it's no longer serving you? When that pattern of being no longer brings you joy. Yes. Yeah. So true with the label side of things. I think that's a Mm. really good point is like use labels where it is empowering to you, but not inhibiting. And I always say, you know, you are everything and you are nothing. Like it's totally up to you what you choose to identify as being. And as you said, like those, if you're like hard, like, oh, that's what I am. Like I am that label. Then it's like, 
how do you allow yourself to move through it if you're consistently identifying with it? So having the recognition and then being able to take the steps and the shifts to move through it into who it is that you desire to be. So what are some of the initial steps that people can start taking? So the thought work protocol I teach is based in cognitive behavioral theory, and I uh, pair that with somatic practices. So cognitive behavioral theory teaches us how to look at and examine our habitual thinking. So often, I mean, it's like a fish in water, right? That old saying, Mm -hmm. they don't know that they're in water, right? Until they're like, not. Um, So (laughs) I know in my own experience, when I started doing thought work every day, I realized all these thoughts that were my conditioning, my socialization came from my cultures of origin, all these thoughts that were just not mine, Mm. right? And I often invite people to start by asking themselves, is this a thought or a fact? And even just that one little question can be so, so shifting of our worldview, right? Because we walk through life thinking like, oh, a woman does this. A man does this, Um, you know, she should be X, Y, Z way. I should be X, Y, Z. We have so many thoughts that we have just been trained to label as fact, but they, they needn't be like you said, right? It's all about that set of choices. And what do you want to choose to believe and think? Mm. Yeah. So is it a thought or is it a fact? So from there, yeah, I teach that we always have the option as the thought exercise, and you'll see why I'm couching this very, very carefully here, because it really matters to me. Um, We can have the opportunity and the option to look at the circumstances in our life as neutral, right? And we can pull out all of our habitual adjectives and adverbs um, to get to that court admissible statement of fact. So let's say uh, your best friend calls and he says something you don't like. And so your brain may give give you the circumstance, the situation. Oh, uh, he's such a jerk. I can't believe he said that. Mm -hmm. So taking that first part, he's such a jerk. You can choose if you want to, to say he said words. Mm. So if that's the circumstance, if that's the neutral occurrence, you then get to recognize your habitual thought, your habitual response, right? Not with the goal ever of, right, of gaslighting ourselves, of letting problematic behavior just pass us by unspoken to or unaddressed, but rather with the goal of recognizing what do I habitually think, Mm. knowing that that thought creates a feeling within me. Mm. My nervous system also responds bottom up, right? With sympathetic activation, that fight or flight, dorsal collapse, which is the freeze Mm. or ventral vagal, which is the safe and social part of the nervous system, which is how I feel talking to you. I'm just like, chill, having a nice time. We're smiling. We're wearing the same glasses. We're making eye contact. Oh, I didn't even really recognize that. Dear listener, yeah. these two hipsters are definitely across the globe. One is in Brooklyn. One is in Melbourne. If only I still had my side shave. We'd basically be. Oh, man. I could have worn my big earrings that I have like that. <sighs> Almost the same person. You should have planned this better. Yes. I shouldn't have shaved my head. <laughs> <laughs> For an audio <laughs> podcast that people cannot see. Absolutely. But, but we, we know what's known. We know. And I'm a Leo. So again, it's Aquarius. Aquarius. Oh, okay. So you're having some feelings about the hair? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> they come and they go. There's always they come feelings. and they go. <laughs> always feelings for you, you sweet pony. So um, ah, so right. So the thought work protocol, right? So we yeah. have the choice to see circumstances as neutral. Again, I frame it as a as a choice to do a thought exercise. There are many things in this world that I do not believe are neutral. And I have no interest in changing my thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. I fully recognize that I could, but racism, not neutral. Mm-hmm. Homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, right? Ableism, sexism, misogyny, genocide. These things are not neutral to me. Mm. Yes, I do believe that one can do thought work to get neutral about them. And I am just 0.0% interested. Yeah. Right. Those are thoughts I don't want to change. I love those thoughts. Yeah. I think those things are really problematic. So just always want to be really sure to say that, that it's not like some yeah. blanket statement, totally. like, right? Positive vibes only. And then you can like think that racism is just neutral. Mm-hmm. No, not having it over, over here in Brooklyn, no. you know? Yeah. yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for saying that too. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. And so we continue on with thought work. So you have your court admissible neutral statement of your circumstance. You look at the thought you habitually have about it. Then you feel into your body. And this is where the somatic body up practices come into play to really get in touch with your feelings. Because so many of my clients and myself included, right? One of the prerequisites of codependent thinking, perfectionist thinking, people pleasing is we put ourselves last. Mm. So most of us are not in our body. Right. We're just all up in our head. Yeah. 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 So good and so true. There's so much like as you're saying that I'm like, oh, I can like recognize that even within my own journey. Like even, you know, when you're saying about like your best friend and, you know, them saying something, you'd be like, oh, what a jerk. And that immediate reaction, whereas recognizing like you are the awareness of your thoughts. So like, is that ultimately true for you? Or is that something that, you know, you, you want to identify with or not? And I can see different patterns within my relationship, you know, as we've gone through. And I remember distinct things as, you know, that I would, immediately react to James and just be like oh I can't and then it's like wait a sec like am I actually bothered by that like what's actually going on here and it's it's lovely to sort of like just realize those shifts over time you know and yeah I just love I love everything that you're saying around this thought work side of things and it's so interesting I've never heard the term thought work is this something Mm. that is like it's your coined term or is that because I heard of breath work but like thought work is never it's not a term I've ever heard yeah, I actually don't know its origin story. I know one of my teachers, uh, Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School uses it. Yeah. Um, many of us who've, who've gone through her program use it, but I actually yeah. don't know who originally coined it. That's, yeah, that's worth it. a Google later. I know. Yeah, we'll see what we find out. Yeah, yeah it's a great <laughs> find term. Find out later. No, yeah. it's amazing. And I wanted to speak about breathwork as well, because that's something that you do with your clients, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I uh, run a six-month program called Anchored, uh, which is all about this process of coming home to ourselves. And one of the big things we do is we meet every single month for breath work. Um, And it's this really, yeah. So the type of breath work that I teach and that we practice together as a family is uh, pranayama based. Um, I am not from India. I am Argentine American. This is not the work of my culture. And I share it with an energy of a appreciation, not appropriation, never claiming it, but just really grateful to be able to share it with the privilege I've had to learn it. So yeah, it's so good. So we do a three-part breath, a big breath into the belly, heart center, and out. Now and so folks... <laughs> 
Okay, great. The rest so the <laughs> we'll just do that instead for the rest of the episode. Everyone, <laughs> please lie down. If you're driving, please pull over. It's breathing time. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that would not go straight, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, be pretty rad. You would. This one would be, be pretty rad. Global. Let's put our heads together once yes. we're done with this convo and see if we don't do a little something for our, our listeners, huh? So good. So that so could good. be fun. Yeah. So it's a really powerful practice and process. And the reason I include it is because it is this really powerful portal into ourselves. Mm. You know, I talk so much about the nervous system and how we can bring more awareness about when we are in dysregulation without blame and shame and how we can bring our way back into ventral vagal, which again is that safe and social part of the nervous system. Mm. And so one of the most beautiful resources is uh, connecting with our breath, right? Mm. Our breath is one of the most interdependent forces possible, right? Because you and I can't breathe without the plants and the ocean and the Amazon, right? And Mm -hmm. so, and right, this O2, CO2, O2, CO2, this gas exchange that we have with all of creation Mm -hmm. allows for the existence, the coexistence, the interdependence allows for us to all continue to exist. And that's so beautiful. The divine it's, oneness. I love it. Yeah. I love it so yeah. much. It's just, so good. Even the visualization of that is just like, oh, like mm. I don't know, for me, it's kind of like, it's just that reminder, like we are all an extension of each other. And I just, it helps me to zoom. I always say like zoom out. Like sometimes yes. we can get so caught up in our head and our little world, yes. like our little bubble yeah. in our media. Yep. Like, I, right, right now I've got my screen. I can see you, my microphone, all that sort of stuff. But it's like, zoom out, like, look at like you in the world and then you in the universe, like, like really like come back to that because I feel like, you know, even just what you're saying is just that reminder of like, you're not alone. We're all connected. It's all absolutely beautiful. It's all working out perfectly. Like, yeah, just love that so much. And I, you know, I love breath work. It's something that I got introduced to, I'm going to say coming up two years ago now, I think I first heard about it through Wim Hof and then other different people who practice it. And I love it. Like I love coming back to that. I find it, it's not something that I do every single day. I'm very big on meditating, but every now and then it's kind of like, okay, let's like bring some breath work into it. So I love that you're facilitating that with your clients. I find that to be oh, so beautiful. Thank you. And I actually have an offering on my website. I can't remember the URL in this moment, but I'll make sure to email it to you. Yeah. For the we'll show notes, but it's notes. yeah, it's on victoriaalbina.com and it's a 13-minute breathwork practice um, where I teach the practice, and then I actually worked with this amazing musician in Italy to make a soundtrack just for this. Oh so it's God. a 13-minute download that that leads you through the practice with my voice overlaid to help guide you. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm going to download that and we'll definitely put it in the show notes so that everyone can go and grab it because having resources like that is so powerful. Like just having a go to, you know, get yourself quiet 13 minutes and just drop in. I think that that's so beautiful. So thank you for that. That's amazing. Oh, my pleasure. Yay. (sighs) Um, I want to dive in and talk a little bit about burnout and adrenal fatigue. So can, can you touch on this? Because this is, I've experienced burnout severely once and you know sort of like 
we'll, we'll say that I was like grazing the surface of it one other time. Like it was really close, but it's definitely a sort of thing that I have sort of gone in and out with patterns in my life. And like I said, you know, for me, and I've talked a lot about this on the podcast, but the last year has been massive on doing a lot of the inner work where I feel like now I've sort of moved through a lot of those habits, like what we were saying before, um, that sort of lead to that. And again, it's the awareness, like everything that we're saying is really lining up with this, but, um, you know, the awareness of, okay, cool. Like feel like we're heading back in that direction. Like let's sort of steer it away. You know, I know that, you know, a lot of people that I speak to burnout, adrenal fatigue, you know, just that exhaustion is something, especially in the world of entrepreneurship, it can get easy, especially when we're doing what we love to sort of just get really caught up in it and go, go, go all the time. So I would love for you to speak to this um, and sort of, yeah, if you can explain it and some of the ways that people can look after themselves a little better. Yeah. Well, for me, it is going to come back always to that somatic awareness, the mm. right of dedicating really 15 seconds a day to asking yourself, hey, body, mm. what's up? Right. It can be while you're brushing your teeth, while you're putting the kettle on, while you're pouring your tea, while you're sipping your tea, uh, when you're in the shower. Right. I feel that so much of our stress, distress, coping, not cope, like so much is in the quotidian bullshit, right? It's in the like little daily moments mm. where we have the capacity, we have the opportunity to pause, breathe, check in, right? And, and I think so many of us weren't taught that. Mm. Yeah. Like we don't have that awareness, right? We are, you know, late stage capitalism demands that we go, 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 run, 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 chase the dollar, right? Like go, 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 go. Yeah. And like, sometimes that's like literally because you're living paycheck to paycheck and hand to mouth. Mm. And if we're talking about know, the average entrepreneur, that's, all, so, that's all sometimes the case, but I think where I want to go, I'm going down like 17 rabbit holes at the exact same time. So I'm actually going to pause, breathe, realign myself. So I had one of those Leo moments where I got really passionate. Mm. Yeah. And I wanted to say all of the words, all of them all at once. Yes. Yeah. And so I got to be my own, my own watcher there. Right. And step into my own awareness and say, Hey, Vic, just, 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 just be for like one little second. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful, like, exam like a real life example, right? Here. Yeah. It's beautiful. such a gift. Cause I was yeah. like, girl, you are, you are, where are you going, baby? Yeah. You go in 17 places. Yeah. Real fast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I can do like in day to day, as you said, and I love that, you know, that little reminder, we don't have to, you know, you don't have to carve out an hour to sit because I know not everybody no. has a spare hour to Come on. sit down and really like center in and get all of that. But those little like 15 seconds, as you said, while you're boiling the jug or, you know, sipping on your tea or whatever it is that you're doing, like that intentionality of just like be here now, like be in the present moment. I, yeah. that's been huge for me. And as I said, you know, I am someone that was very just on autopilot, go, go, go right. completely in my masculine, like very run by like the hustle, the force, the doing culture. Um, and, you know, that came from corporate. And then I brought that in with my first business and then that led to burnout. And then that led me to an integration of like, okay, 
<laughs> let's have a look at some of the feminine sides of things and how can we bring right. that balance in? So yeah, I totally see that in my own journey, but I would definitely credit, you know, a lot of the shifts and the awareness and not allowing myself to get down that far with it to those little moments of just like, Hey, let's just check in. Let's just have a little right. moment here. Yep. Take a deep breath, come back into the body. Right. Where are we? Yeah. You know, that, right. that centeredness. Right. Yeah. And for people, you know, a lot of my clients have a history in which being in their body has not felt safe. Mm-hmm. And so for those folks listening who are like, go in my body, are you bananas? Like that is no, thank you. That is a freak out in a bottle, not having it. Mm. Orienting can be such a great tool. So this is a tool that comes from the world of of, uh, nervous system work and nervous system regulation. So orienting is a beautiful tool to have, to, to ground, to settle, to help bring anxiety down in a way. So it's so simple. So I'm looking around this room and I'm orienting to the space. So... Uh, depending on what space you're in. All right. I will count the plants. One, two, three, four plants. Mm. Now I will count the blue things. One, two, three, four, five blue things. Mm. Yeah. And so we're giving the reptile mind a job, which is what it likes to do. It's like a golden retriever. It's always like, well, if, I, if I'm not working, you'll die. If I'm not working, you'll die. If I'm not working, you'll die. I'll, ah, Mm. I have the one job, which is your survival. I'm going to keep you anxious. Mm. So we give it a job. We give it a, a distraction, a conscious, thoughtful, loving distraction. Okay, golden retriever, here you go. Here's the stick. Carry it across the river, right? In human terms, orient your surroundings. How many red? How many round? What do you smell? Mm. What can you touch, right? Touching your each of your fingers to your thumb mm. and counting one two, three, four fingers. Yeah? yeah. Something to allow the nervous system to settle out, to calm itself, to ground a little bit without having to go into your body. If that's, if that doesn't feel safe yeah. or if that's just not available in the moment that you're in. Yeah. So good. Such beautiful practices that, you know, as you said, when you sort of just like a little bit too up and a little bit too out there, it's like, okay, let's bring it back. But it doesn't have to be within the body. It's just, as you yeah. said, those tiny little practices that help yeah. to ground, which I love. I love that so much. And thank you for these tangible examples oh, and things that people can take away right now. Yeah. You know, that, they, yeah. that will just be so, so helpful. Mm, thank you. I've got a great question towards burnout about perfectionism. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So this is, you know, a lot of my clients really, and I totally used to very much identify with perfectionism. I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was doing it, but yeah, I needed, I needed everything to be done so perfectly. I would often procrastinate it for weeks. Yes. Like we do. Yeah. And so here's one of my favorite questions to support myself when my brain starts going into that perfectionist little spiral. What would good enough look like? Mm. And then I rewrite my goals for whatever the project is as good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I talk about A minus work, B plus work. And that really freaks a lot of folks out who are like, but it has to be an A or an A plus. (laughs) What are you talking about? So I've sort of stepped away from that and I offer what's good enough. Love it. 
I love, yeah. yeah. That one question itself is so powerful. I have such a real life example of this from literally last night. (laughs) Let's hear it. I know. So at the moment, something that I've just committed to is getting YouTube videos up daily. Um, And I'm loving it, getting the content up there. It's something I've wanted to do for a really long time. And have always sort of put it off in favor of other things and maybe some of that perfectionism side of things, but it's come to a point where I'm like, you know what? No, here we are. This is it. It has to happen. And I've just made this internal commitment to myself and I'm loving it. But it was so interesting yesterday, just had a lot going on in the biz and kind of was just like, I just don't really have time. Like, and it got to, I had, it got to like the end of the day and I was like, oh God, I don't know. I don't have video, like blah, blah, blah. All these sort of stories ended up filming it and then went to the gym, came back. It was like nearly 8 PM. Right. And then these stories of like, oh my God, well now I've got to edit it. And then that's going to take two hours of editing and then doing all this stuff. It's going to be like 10 o'clock by the time I'm even finished with this. Like, and then it can, then it's so easy to go down the stories of like, oh, here you go with your old patterns. This is what leads to burnout, blah, blah, blah. All the stories coming up to sort of create reasons as to why not to do it. But then I was like, you know what? What is good enough? Like literally that question of just like, oh oh my God, it. it doesn't have to be fancy. The content is great. Let's just snip out any of the little things in there that are like, okay, clearly that was a mistake, but not going through and doing the title cards and doing all the fancy ass stuff that like would take me two hours. It took me 15 yeah. minutes, 15 yes. minutes up, done, yes. posted, good, moving on. And I yes. have my little check mark and I can put a little tick to be like, yep, got another daily video out, like honoring that commitment. But it came back to yeah, what is good enough. No one is sitting there saying, oh, Tay, failed, mate. Like you didn't put your title cards. Where are they? I don't know what is happening without your title cards. Like, no, like that's my story that it had to be that perfect (laughs) because I know how to do that and that's beautiful and that's what YouTube needs. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Like let's just put (laughs) them out there and trust that the message is enough and trust that it's enough and then move on. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. 15 minutes. Oh, my God. Okay. I can sing. Right. (laughs) And this is cracking me up because this is the journey of entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. right? Because we are given the the gift of an opportunity every single day to beat the crap out of ourselves. Mm. Being a living, breathing human who like just doesn't feel like it or right, just wants it to be good enough. Yeah. And we're given so many opportunities to look at how we pin these stories again about our own worth, our own value Mm. on something external to us, Mm. right? Like how many likes did that get? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares so much? And it's amazing. It's like the less I care, the more it resonates. Like, and that comes down to, you know, manifestation 101, like put it out there, detach, let go and uh, let the universe do the rest. Like it's not up to you to control it. It's put the stuff out there, detach. You don't need to be strangling it. You don't need to think that it needs to mean anything about, I literally used to do that. Like I I really used to say, like, it felt like I would put my desires out there and be like, I'm going to trust in this manifestation process, but I'm also going to have a chokehold on the universe and it better fucking deliver right now. Right now or sooner and in a New York minute. Yeah, babe. Oh, I know. It's so like, painful, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean anything about you. It is not your job to put something out there in hopes that it's going to mean anything about you. It's not. 
it's just your job to put it out there the end full stop that's it right yeah and I find you know the more I get to know myself and step into that deep self-love that comes from accepting that like sometimes I'm a hot mess and that's cute right sometimes I get I'm an excitable Leo and I start talking can you imagine if I had caffeine this is caffeine free by the way right like sometimes I get excitable and I talk way too fast and I jumble all the things like cool yeah here we are this is me yeah and the more I am like not judging me for any of that like just what you're talking about the more I put authenticity out into the world right and I attract my weirdos yes like I love my weirdos yeah like the weirdos Right. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I have like a lot of soccer moms and like pediatricians and like accountants in my programs. But what's really delightful around month two, as we ease into being not only with ourselves, but right. It's a group program because I believe so deeply in in healing and community and Mm. we heal in relationship. We don't heal in silos on our own, but the weird starts coming out around Around six week week mark. It's so fun. It's so fun. We also do a lot of dance parties because you know the somatics is so important. Mm. And so, like often after coaching, we dance together. It's so fun to see people get weird. Mm. I love it. It's so good. And as you said, it's just like the embracing of the weird. Like just seeing right. like, you know, realizing that like we're not the mask that we put on to totally stand up and be like, this is who I am in the world. It's like who are you right. the mask off, you know, and really going there. So oh so, so good. Fun. Embrace the weird, if nothing right. else. <laughs> right. Man, you know, I was a hospice nurse back in the day, and I gotta say. Life is really short. Yeah. And also life is really long if you're miserable and you're hiding your true self from your true self in an attempt to please other people. Like, right? That is suffering. (sighs) Unnecessary suffering, right? Because there's the good suffering of growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's just like some second arrow BS. Like you don't need to do that to yourself. 100%. Oh my gosh, this is so good. There's one last so question fun. I want to yeah. ask you. <laughs> well, actually, I want to hear it. But this is the last one before I want you to share something. Okay. Is the answer turtles? Yes. Okay, cool. We don't need a great. Okay, me. great. Okay, Moving wait. Up. No, ask me a different question because I already I got that one and it was turtles. So next one, next <laughs> question. No, I know that you're a herbalist, which is so exciting to me. I love it. I'm yeah. working at the moment with a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and he's been giving me herbal supplements and it's amazing. Mm, anyway, yeah. I would love for you to just touch on that, but also why you say that self-love is the most important thing and what that actually means. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, my herbal medicine training, I'm just going to say it in Australian because herbal is so much better than herbal. What happened America? (laughs) What'd you, what'd you do to that H? What did it do to you that you need to mess with it that way? Herbal. Little respect, Usa. Little respect. The Canadians, they're saying herbal. We're saying herbal. Yeah. You're saying herbal. Herbal. Australia, New Zealand, y'all. Anyway, herbal medicine. Yeah. So before um, becoming a life coach and really devoting myself to this work, I worked in functional medicine. So um, I was a primary care provider for many, many years and then blended my love of herbal medicine, nutrition, really holistic practice into a medical practice. Yeah. I just think 
herbal medicine is just such an incredible resource, not just for the healing of the body, but as a nervous system resource. So what it is effectively is anti-capitalist in that even when you live in New York City, if you've got a fire escape and an old Coke bottle, you can, you know, like a plastic thing, you can poke some holes in the bottom of, take some dirt from a park and put some seeds in, you can grow your own medicine, right? You can grow chamomile on your fire escape, nettles, rue. I grew Datura on mine. Don't recommend that. She's poison, but uh, <laughs> she's also good medicine, but very poisonous. But like you can grow herbs at home, right? In the, in the smallest of cramped urban spaces and the largest of rural, big, grand, you know, open sky. And so it really is the people's medicine and an return to herbal medicine puts the power for our healing back in our own hands. Mm. I am certainly not saying do not consult your licensed professional clinic, right? Like, please do not take this to say everything can be fixed from an, an herbal medicine book on your own, right? We need training and we need guides, you know, like, I was in primary care medicine for a very long time, have certifications and training in uh, functional medicine. I don't read my own labs. I send them to my best friend, but like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. We do need each other. I just want to be really clear. Um, but there's, there's a place in between, right? Yeah. Love. So I don't know. Yeah. What you wanted to hear about herbal medicine, but that's, that's, no, I love out. that. And I think it's <laughs> so beautiful. And I wanted to sort of expand as well into the self-love yeah. side of things and Ooh. how, you know, yeah. yes, we can take all these supplements, but like the internal, sure. the self-love, like how does it all sort of link back together? Yeah. So we can go in a couple of different routes here. What I noticed after practicing holistic and functional medicine for so long is what I was inadvertently treating was trauma. Mm. Right. So my focus was gastroenterology, um, which comes from from my own. Um, I was sick with GI concerns for a very, very long time. And what I saw in myself and reflected from my clients was just how much our gut, just to continue with that example, is truly linked to our cognition, to our thinking, to our nervous system, right? Regulation, because the vagus nerve, the 10th cranial nerve, the longest nerve in the human body that runs through the middle of us controls the innervation or nerve function of the gut. And so that bilateral superhighway gut, brain, brain, gut, right? That's mediated by the vagus nerve. When you aren't happy, your gut's not happy and vice versa, mm. right? There's a direct interplay. Some would say the gut is our second brain. I think it's our first, mm. right? I think we do the bulk of our living through the microbiome of the gut and its interplay with our nervous system. And so uh, self-love, taking good care of ourselves, thinking well of ourselves, valuing ourselves, knowing our own worth, putting our own worth first and foremost. So, um, you know, I was talking with a friend who's dating today and she's like, I can't believe that all these people are ghosting me. Like, what is this modern phenomena? And she then started to talk about how she's really taking it personally and it's hurting her feelings. And then she started burping. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> so connected oh yeah. yeah yeah so you know when I say self-love is our primary medicine what I also mean is that you know in a system that's not set up to take care of of human uh humans who are assigned female right so children who are said this is a girl child women um we 
studies aren't done on us, right? All the bulk of studies that are done on humans are done on men, mm. right? On animals assigned male. And so, and the medical system having been in it for a very long time, it's not built to take care of us, to not to understand us, to give import and value to our way of moving through the world, right? And so it is often incumbent upon us to be our own advocates when we have health concerns. Um, we shouldn't need to do that, but um, we often do need to do that, right? And so from that place of self-love and valuing ourselves, we are able to take such better care of ourselves when the system fails to do that for us. Mm. Yes, yeah, so we're able to go to care. Yeah, and you know, we could even talk about the assimilation of nutrients. And if the vagus nerve is in a dysregulated state, good luck absorbing that vitamin A, B, C, D, E that you just took. Like baby, where is that going, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, I feel like we could just dive right into part two. <laughs> it's like a whole podcast episode on its own. <laughs> on about that. Um, forever and ever oh my gosh oh my gosh I feel yeah honestly we could do a whole other hour but we will be respectful of your time of the listeners okay, and <laughs> we'll wrap it up and maybe do part two another time let's but do it yes oh my gosh Yay. this has been so amazing thank you for coming on I always love to end with one particular question and it is if there is something that is coming through for you that's just being channeled from your heart that you just feel like you want to leave the listeners with, what would it be? Okay, Tay, I'm getting a message from your grandma, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put that aside. We can do that after. That's amazing. We'll do that after, yeah. but she is there's okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that, but wow, that was powerful. Okay, so for the listener, <laughs> my mediumship on display here. Yeah. Um, the only opinion about you that matters is your own. Mm. And it is so easy to get lost in other people's narratives and other people's stories. And so what we get to do is to get to know ourselves, to know what we value and what matters mm. so that you can, you can take in other people's opinions and, and see them for what they are, potentially a useful mirror potentially a place for growth or something that just doesn't resonate but you can feel into that somatically into that bodily difference when you know yourself when you value yourself when you put yourself first and put community alongside you and not in lieu of your own opinion beautiful what a way to end Thank mm. you so much. You are such a gift. I'm so oh, grateful that we got to you. share your light here on the podcast. For those that want to connect with you, they want to work with you, please tell them how they can find out more. Yeah. So if you head on over to victoriaalbina.com, right on the homepage, you can grab my free meditation downloads. And that's where I guide you in that orienting exercise we talked about earlier, a grounding exercise, an inner child meditation. It's a whole suite of presents just for you for free, just for um, heading over to victoriaalbina.com. You can learn about my six-month program, Anchored Overcoming Codependency at victoriaalbina.com slash anchored trying to keep that one simple. Um, <laughs> my podcast is called Feminist Wellness. It's free, um, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, all the things every Thursday morning. Head on over and subscribe. Check that out. And go ahead and follow me over on the grams uh, at Victoria Albina Wellness. I give good gram. Come check me out. My stories are hilarious. Or just like pictures of pretty mountains. 
Either way, I do both. This Either way, <laughs> <laughs> lots of food porn. I do like too much food porn. I'm like, can you really have? Here's a much? sandwich. Yeah. No, <laughs> you really can't. I mean, I love a good sandwich. Let's Thanks. inspire each other to build better sandwiches. Yes, and change the world. One sandwich, bettering the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. That's the tagline for our new course. <laughs> yes, we could start a podcast. We could have a right. Course gonna be a good time <laughs> I'm down babe but just I don't know about the Marmite I don't like it so don't oh good it. it's Vegemite yes. in Australia but um, Vegemite yeah. sorry I know I like I'm a very big betrayer of my culture I've never liked it even as a kid thought it was disgusting but you know <laughs> it's a it's a national treasure so <laughs> all respect where it's due <laughs> all respect all respect <laughs> But we'll, we can skip it in our sandwich show, okay? Yeah, we'll leave that one off. Okay, great. great. All right, great. great. Thank you, darling. This has been so Thank amazing. you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening, Beauty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a review. For more resources to support your expansion as you manifest your desires, make sure you check out my website at www.taylorray.com.au. I'm sending you all the love and I'll see you back here soon.